I'm Chelsea. I'm Deidre. And we're giving you a million murders. Today is a special day because we're giving you an extra episode for Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. 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 So, obviously, (laughs) it's going to be a case that happened on Halloween. Yes. So, are you ready? Yes. Well, today I'm going to be telling you about a true crime Halloween case, and today we're going to be talking about the case some refer to as, but may not be the one you know of, the Candyman. Okay. It's not... Dean Coral. It's not him. It's... Some people just refer this case as the Candyman too, but anyways. <clears throat> yeah, this is like a real I thought I'd clear can. that up before they're like... Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> what is it? So the best part of Halloween for some people, especially kids, is trick-or-treating, dressing up, costumes. Still love costumes. Right? So yeah. there were de- there was definitely a time where, you know, parents weren't as aware of even the thought that Anything something like that. could happen like that, you know. Well, back in the 70s, there was a trust among people, and no one was thinking to check their kids' Halloween candy. Yeah, or anything. But all that all changed in Houston, Texas in 1974. So, first, I'm going to be telling you about a guy named Ronald Clark O'Brien. He was a guy that lived in Deer Park, Texas, right outside of Houston, Texas. Mm. I've been there. He lived with his wife, Danae, mm-hmm. and they had two children together. They had a son named Timothy in 1966 and a daughter named Elizabeth in 1969. Okay. And Ronald was known as a pretty decent average guy. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. He actually was an... Um, opt- opt- I can never say this right. He was... Mm-hmm. Eyewear dude. He was the doctor. Optometrist. Yes. I can't ever say that word. (laughs) For a well-known optical chain in Texas. If you don't know what that is, we just kind of, I just kind of explained it's the eye doctor guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's someone that's trying to design, verify, you know, and fit your glasses, your lenses and whatever. And if you need, if you want contact, get contacts, whatever. But I don't know if they, I don't think they had contacts back then, did they? In the 70s? 70s? That's something very interesting. I wonder when contacts were invented. I don't know. I really don't. You should Google that. I'm going to go ahead and start reading on a little bit, but Google that and see it because that's interesting. Okay. So, he was also really involved in his Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And he even sang in the choir. Okay, go off. So, fast forward to Halloween of 1974. Ronald, his two kids, and a few of their neighbors and their parents were all out trick-or-treating as a group. Did you find it? 
Yeah, it says like 1888. Oh, dang, just kidding. The early, oh, Lord, y'all. Glass contact lenses oh, no. were quite heavy and would cover the eye's entire front surface, including the sclera, the white of your eye. Nope. Your whole eye. No, I you, would can never. Can you imagine no, if somebody, not, to. if you fell and that glass broke, why, why would you put, anyway. We have come a long way. 1888, God. glass in your eye. Thank God. Like glass eye, but everybody for contact. <laughs> They're like, well, we can only make them out of gloss. <laughs> okay. Mm-mm. My God. So, Timothy, his son, was dressed as a character from Planet of the Apes. And that movie had just came out, and it was, like, really popular at mm-hmm. the time. So, that's how a mm-hmm. bunch of the kids were dressed up, like, for Halloween. Just, a bunch, just, of, bunch, just of a bunch of apes running around. Everybody wants to be an ape this year. In the group was another family from church, and there was Jim and his two kids, Mark and Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Ronald actually went over to Jim's house to trick-or-treat because they lived in a better neighborhood. That's where he took the kids. Mm-hmm. And he thought that the trick-or-treating would go better. Yeah. So they were having a fun, normal night, going door-to-door together, picking up candy. But then they came to a house where the lights were off. And typically, this means, hey, no candy, like, we ain't doing the thing, just go on, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, they decided to try that house anyways. So, why, but why, because the lights <laughs> like, are up, but whatever. That's the rule. So, so, they went up to the house, knocked on the door, nobody answered. So, the kids were like, whatever, on to the next house. So, Jim and the kids went to the next house, but Ron stayed behind at this house. Why? Well, a little while later, he caught up with them, and he told them that he decided to stay at the house and continue trying to get them to answer the door, which, that's weird. Yeah. Like, I'm not answering. Yeah. I like, said go I, I don't understand why he thought that was a good thing work to do. Or a good th- yeah, like. He's like, I it, want it candy no, from it this It made no house. sense. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, like, what adult goes to a house that's clearly not giving out candy, no lights on? And it's like, I'm just going to wait until they answer the door and give me candy. Like that. Anyway. I keep forgetting he's an adult. This isn't a little kid. And, 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 and it ain't like the kids were still with him. They Everybody was it's gone. And him. it was just him. No, no, sir. See? you definitely not getting anything. <laughs> right. Just there by yourself. Goodbye. Well, he said that eventually they did finally answer the door and gave <laughs> him six pixie sticks to give to the kids. If you don't know what a pixie stick is, shame on you. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's they, just a paper tube with like sugary powder in it. It's the best. That blue. It's the best. Stuff the blue ever. is the best. I don't know if they do the paper tubes anymore. Do they? Probably not. Well, I, you know I what? think they do because they, they used to be plastic. Mm-hmm. Or do you remember them thick ones? They're like yes, as thick they as still, hula hoops. Fire. So he gave uh, he gave pixie sticks to all the kids, including a ten year old boy from church. Mm hmm. So they continued about two blocks down the street, trick-or-treating as normal, when they decided to call it a night and go back home. Well, once the kids got home, of course, the first thing you do is dump out your candy, mm-hmm. you know, sort what you have, start to... chomping down on it, basically. Yeah, look at your treasures for the night. So, of course, Timothy wanted to eat this pixie stick right away. Yeah. And according to Ronald, Timothy was having trouble getting the pixie stick open because it was stapled shut. Mm-hmm. So, Ronald decided to help him with it and gave it to him. So, Mm -hmm. as Timothy was eating the pixie stick, he said it tasted really bitter and just gross and just didn't taste right. Mm -hmm. 
So Ronald ended up giving him some Kool-Aid to wash down the taste and hopefully help. He said that he thought that it was just a rotten, like that it was just rotten or old maybe. Yeah. Well, only a few minutes later, Timothy started complaining about a really bad stomach ache. He ran to the bathroom, started vomiting and convulsing, and Ronald said that he ran to the bathroom, stood there with his son, and held him until he basically went limp into his arms. So he called 911, and they tried rushing him to the hospital, but it was too late. He had died within an hour of eating the pixie stick. Yeah. So I'm sure y'all know where this is going. So word got out really quickly that this happened to Timothy, and everyone in the neighborhood was scared. So people in his area started thinking that there's, you know, got to be a house that's giving out poisonous candy, and this caused extreme panic, you know, all over this area, which should. Yeah. And a lot of person poisoning children on Halloween, like it's terrible. And it's supposed to be a time. It's supposed to be a fun time for kids. It's not for adults. Like you know. (laughs) So a lot of (laughs) kids. It's not made for adults. It it can be for adults. I'm not saying. Oh yeah, I mean you know I love love me some Halloween. I was gonna say yeah, love some Halloween. Have love a good Halloween party. (laughs) All about it. So a lot of the kids' parents were making their kids. Completely throw out all of their Halloween candy. Oh, I was like, but mom, but no, there's not a pixie stick in like here. Some, yeah, I'm like, wait, but that don't have any well, pixie sticks. <laughs> well, they were not taking any chances, and I don't blame them because I'm telling you right now. Yeah, but I if it was me candy. and I was a mom, uh, uh-uh, uh, yeah, no, they wouldn't have no. I'd candy. be like, nope, that's okay. No, look, we're gonna go buy some. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna still buy you some, and then you can get everything you want. Right. So they would throw it out. Or would bring their children's candy down to the police department to be inspected and cleaned. Hmm. So some of them went throwing it out. It was just taking it. They were just taking it to the police station to make sure. Which I don't know. Sometimes you get a chemical in there. You know what I mean? Like if you get like a a, a syringe. I'm not even gonna say it because I ain't trying to give nobody no idea. So they did oh. not. <laughs> So they did an autopsy on Timothy, and when they did that, they realized that the pixie stick had had eaten. Ah, uh, typo. Sorry. The pixie stick he had eaten had cyanide in it. Did I say that right? Cyanide. Cyanide. Dang mm-hmm. it. It's okay. It's okay. I thought you were going to say eight. I was like, dang, I don't remember it eating through his stomach. I was like, no. I was like, was it? Well, he had eaten. Okay. Okay. So, yes, it had cyanide in it. Yeah. So, an alert went off through the neighborhood immediately saying that if you have any pixie sticks your kids have, if you or your kids have any pixie sticks, throw them out immediately. Yeah. Ron had told the police that he had handed out a total of five, so they, which... Six, technically, but that's including Timothy. But right, so they were able to track those down, and luckily, none of their none of the other kids had eaten it. Well, however, there was one last kid that they were not able to track down because Ronald didn't remember who it was. Oh, he said it was a kid from church, but he didn't remember exactly who that ten year old that I told you about. Well, they ended up finding the kid, tracking down his parents. And contacting them, and they started looking for the pixie stick, but they could not find it. Hmm. Y'all, this is, about, this is crazy. They looked all through, I'm telling, they looked through all his candy, and their son was already asleep in bed, so they ran up to check on him and make sure that he wasn't sick and had eaten it, you know, and found him lying in bed, 
dead or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember this. Yeah. They found him laying in bed, holding the pixie stick, uneaten. Mm-hmm. So basically, he had tried to open it, but with it being the staple in it, he was probably having issues and just fell asleep. Yeah. Like, he got tired. I was like, God had his hand telling you. I was like, that's... Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I forgot about this other kid. I totally forgot about it. I forgot, like, how close that other kid came to... Yeah. (laughs) Close. Like, on the edge of glory. Like, the the father, the heavenly father's glory. Yes, thank God he... On the edge of it. But, jeez. Poor little Timmy, but thank God It's awful. Well, once they ended up collecting these pixie sticks... Pixie sticks... (laughs) They emptied them all out and realized they had all been replaced with pure cyanide. Like, just straight no up. No mixture with the, just pure cyanide. <sighs> they had enough powder to kill two adults. In, in one pixie stick. So, this was super intense for Timothy. Yeah. That poor baby. Like, what he went through. Every, anything. Suffering. Like, when your stomach, when you get a really bad stomach ache. And it's just like the worst and it's almost unbearable. Uh, yes. But then I you think imagine. about something like that tearing your stomach up. Like, oh, it has to be like the worst pain. And he was six. Yeah, he was six. He's like a baby. He's a, <laughs> he's a little baby. So, Timothy was buried on November 2nd at Forest Park Lawndale Cemetery in Houston, Texas. Hmm. So he's about to have, it's supposed to be a, the anniversary of his burial in a month. Yeah. Ronald sang at the funeral. Remember how I mentioned that he was active in his church and he sang yeah. in the choir and stuff. Right. Well, he sang at the funeral and talked about how his son was in a better place now with God. And so obviously the police want to figure out which house gave out. Yeah, these, these pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. But when they asked Ronald which house he got them from, he didn't remember. Yeah. They only went two blocks because it had actually started raining. So they ended up wrapping up their night a little early. So it wasn't that many houses that they had been to. They thought that this was kind of weird for him to say. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. So the police decided that they'll just go to all the houses that they want to and start questioning people. However, none of the neighbors seemed to be giving out pixie sticks, or at least they claim they never did. Right. There wasn't any advice. There wasn't any (laughs) evidence police seen that they had in their houses. They ended up walking with Ronald around the neighborhood, hoping that he'd remember something, which, you know, he knew. Finally... Oh my gosh, he remembered. And once he saw the house, he remembered a bit more. Uh Ronald claimed that this house was dark and he was continuously knocking on the door because there weren't, there weren't, they weren't answering the door. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, why would you keep knocking if someone's not answering the door? Obviously, if you keep knocking, leave them alone. And I haven't answered the door. You'll hear something cock, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yes, I don't know. So he said... I'm about th- to trip my alarm system. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said that they didn't have any lights on. When they finally answered the door, the lights were still off, and they only opened 
the door enough to stick a hand out and hand him the pixie sticks. Mm. Like, that's your story that you're going to stick with? Yeah. But it's, okay, it's first super of all, creepy. if that was even true, that makes you look like an idiot for taking candy from somebody who you can't even see who it is and being all sketchy, yeah, putting their like, hand out the door and sketchy. giving it to your children and oh. other children. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, no, that's not, that's not okay. He made it sound like the creepiest, scariest thing that you could ever see is like a door opening with all the lights off inside. It's and dark the hand outside. sticking out. And the hand sticking out with the pixie stick. And you give your kid, like if that was true, you give your kid that? I would have shut on, the door idiot. on that hand. Like it would have scared me. I'm just pic- picturing, <laughs> picturing, picturing some ghostly white hand with these pixie sticks like coming out. I'd have been like, ah! and gone. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, conveniently... Ronald claimed that he could not see this man, and he literally just handed him the pixie sticks, shut the door. He thought it was a good idea to go give stapled pixie sticks to six kids. But okay. Yeah. Okay. So the police went to the house that Ronald claims he'd gotten them from, and it was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin. Courtney told him that he actually worked at a nearby airport, and he had an alibi. Showing that he was in fact working that night until 11 p.m. And that's why the lights were off and he wasn't giving out candy. Yeah, like he... Why no one was coming to the door because ain't nobody home. Yeah, like he had the lights off because he's like, nobody, then nobody will know. Yeah. But, you know. Well, he was like, there's no way you got pixie sticks for miles. Like... <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't even here. Bruh. <laughs> I was at work. So they're definitely starting to look more at Ronald now. And it's not looking so good for him. Mm-hmm. So after looking into Ronald a little more, the police realized that he was actually in over $100,000 of debt. Ooh. Which is quite a bit for 1974. I mean. Yeah. D- <laughs> I forgot. Hold up. We'll just, we'll look up that inflation as you go on. How much? 100000 $100,000 of debt in 1974. Mm-hmm. <laughs> $554,000. Uh-huh. 900 $554,000. today. Mm-mm. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, he had 21 jobs in the last 10 years because he was not ever able to keep a job. Mm. And during this time, he was in a bit of a he was in a bit of hot water at his optical store because he was accused of stealing from them. And not only that, but there was a lot of other things going wrong in his life. Like, his car was about to be repossessed. He had uh, defaulted on several bank loans, and their family home was about to be foreclosed on. Mm. So, Ronald's already looking pretty guilty at this point, but things got taken up to a whole nother level when the police, you know, ended up finding out that he ended up taking out life insurance policies on his kids very shortly before this all happened. So, Mm -hmm. January of that year, he took out two $10,000 life insurance policies on his kids. One month before this happened, he took out an additional $20,000 per kid. Then, just before Halloween, Ronald ended up taking out $20,000 policy on each kid. All of this wrapped up to like $60,000 per child. So, the life insurance company ended up contacting the police... And telling them that on November 1st, the day after Halloween, when Timothy died, 
Ronald immediately called them up asking how he would go about getting that money for his dead child. Mm-mm. I know this story, but... It's sad because it's like the wife had no idea. Like, the wife had no idea and you killed her child. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Because I forget. I feel like every time I've heard this story, no one talks about the mom. They always just talk about the dad. So it almost sounds like it's a single dad. Yeah. But no, they're married ain't. with kids. And he's like, we're in a lot of debt, so I'm just going to bump our kids off and then... Well, the sad part is his wife had no idea that either of the kids had life insurance policies. So yeah, well, she just didn't know anything. As he couldn't look any more guilty, the local chemical supply stores contacted police as well and claimed that Ronald had come in a few days before Halloween looking to buy cyanide. Mm-hmm. So the way it sounds from like the research that I got, his wife had no idea they were in debt either. Probably not. I'm sure he took care of all the bills and she mm-hmm. was probably like a stay-at-home caretaker. Yeah. Or she may have had a job too, but just didn't do anything with the bills. Like my mom, well, it's like my mom and dad, my dad does all the bills yeah. aspects. Like my mom. But when it comes <laughs> she's to. She's chilling. Yeah. Well, when, <laughs> but if y'all, if they were in debt, like your dad would come to your mom like, hey. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'd be like, listen. Yeah. Like, but you that's know. how it should be. Like. Yeah. They should know what's going on. Like, she had no yeah. idea, and he just killed her child. Yeah, like, they're her just, baby. yeah, like, they're retired now. They're just yeah. chilling. Like, she's not worried about, like, she's just not worried about <laughs> that stuff. No. But, yeah, like, told, my dad would definitely tell her. Mm-hmm. Well, the supply store that he went to, like most, <clears throat> oh my goodness, <clears throat> the supply store that he went to, like most, had major restrictions on how much you could get, which is crazy to me how you can, like, just go in a store and buy cyanide. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's multiple uses for it. So, like, you can use cyanide, like, a chemical store, you know, you could use it for some kind of, like, scientific stuff, But it's, like, so easy to get. Like, it shouldn't be that easy to get. Yeah. I don't know if it's still that easy to get, but it was. Like, it's... Oh, yeah, I knew it was. They just used to... Yeah. (laughs) But hopefully, you have to... I don't know. I mean, there's ways that you can... Yeah. Like, it's not... But they said that there were major restrictions. Like, you could only... uh, They would only give you a tiny amount unless you have, like, some type of license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like like some sciencey stuff. Yeah. I don't know, but I know that there's more, you know, cyanides used for other things. Yeah. So you can just buy it like, oh, and then I need some cyanide. Yeah, you just get it and then just try to kill people with it and Well, according to to them, the supply store that when he came in there looking for uh, way more cyanide than what was given in those pixie sticks combined. Like, he come in there and he was like, I need this, this amount, and it was a big amount, but whenever it came out of how much cyanide was in each pixie stick, he said, they said that, that he had way more than what he was asking in that store. Okay, so like, there was a restriction. So he didn't, yeah, so but he, he didn't ask near as much as in the, when he went into that store, he wasn't asking near as much as what he actually had in the pixie sticks. Yeah. So he, uh, he went around. Yeah. Ugh. 
Well, it's like, what do you know anything about cyanide? Like, if you did, he probably could have just taken that one, or like the amount that they would allot him, and it would still have yeah. done, you know. But like, but then I was like, oh, but he's got to fill up the pixie stick so yeah. that it looks like a untampered pixie stick besides the staple yeah stupid why would like you've been planning this apparently you couldn't have like glued the sealed the end shut how are you gonna just staple it that's so <laughs> that's this is ratchet you stapling stuff but nobody caught it that's what sucks mm-hmm. well when they denied him he just left so finding this out was the last mm. straw for the police and november 5th Five days after Timothy had passed away, they ended up arresting Ronald Clark O'Brien. He was indicted on four counts of attempted murder, one count of capital murder for his son Timothy, mm-hmm. his own child. Yeah. And, of course, he immediately pleaded not guilty to all five charges, and the case ended up attracting tons of national coverage, and the media called him the Candyman. Mm-hmm. So his trial began on May 5th of 1975. During the trial, there was actually a chemist who was friends with Ronald who said that in summer of 1973, a year before this happened, that Ron had asked him about cyanide and about how much, how much would kill someone. Friends and co-workers of Ron also claimed that he had an unusual cyanide interest and he would randomly talk about how much it would take to kill somebody. So when he oh, found God. it, when he found when he found it out, he was just like, like basically just like, bragging, like mm, you know how you can kill somebody with this much cyanide. Yeah, it. just like oh, I'm fascinated by this, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna use this. Yeah. To kill my children to get out of debt. Like. Well, Ron, then Ronald's sister and brother-in-law ended up claiming that during the funeral, Ronald was going around talking to everyone about how he was going to go on this big, long vacation to kind of, like, deal with the grief after his son died with the insurance money, which Bravo on his sister for mm-hmm. spilling them beans because yeah. some of these people, even they were like, this isn't adding up. So despite all these things, Ronald was still saying, I'm not, I'm not guilty, blah, 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 blah. He was trying. He was still trying to push the theory there that there was some nut job in the neighborhood passing out poisonous candy to kids, and mm-hmm. that he had nothing to do with the death of his son. And the trial lasted for about a month, and then on June third of nineteen seventy five, the jury found Ronald guilty on all charges. Boom. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. <laughs> they ended up only deliberating for 46 minutes which is Ooh. really not time at all in the jury world <laughs> like the, that's not that's long like at a all. minute in the, the yeah it's like five seconds so they were pretty the, certain that you know he they're like he all right it. we did it let's just stay back here for a minute take this break next time it was time to figure out a sentence for him and again was a quick process it only took the jury 71 minutes and they decided to give him the death penalty Ooh. And shortly after he was convicted, his wife ended up filing for a divorce. Yeah. Ugh. How dare you? I know. It's awful. I feel so bad for her. I do, too. That's horrifying. Her her daughter that... Yeah, well, like, you fall in love with this person. 
You marry them, you start a family with them, and then they murder your child. Let somebody murder my child. Yeah. Don't worry about no death penalty, because I would have tore him up. Well, Ronald was held in the Huntsville unit in Huntsville, Texas, and it was time for his death. Mm -mm. According to people (laughs) that worked in the prison... He was literally shunned by even all the death row mates because who the crap tries to poison children with Halloween candy? Yeah. So he lived a pretty (laughs) miserable rest of his existence, and then he was scheduled to be executed on August 8th of 1980. That day ended up getting pushed to May 25th of 1982, and it was pushed once again to October 31st of 1982, and that would have been the 8th anniversary of Timothy's death. Mm. Well, the judge wanted justice so bad that he said that he would literally drive him there himself to be executed on the 31st if there was any type of idea of pushing it once again. Mm-hmm. Well, this judge is like, look, we need justice here, and you keep pushing this. So I will drive. I was like, uh-uh, but I will de- drive him people myself. People on death row will sit there for oh yeah it's Mm -hmm. really weird i don't understand all of it i need to read up on it more the supreme court got involved and ended up delaying it once again so it's been delayed like five times i feel like so they wanted to give ronald the chance to try to appeal and get a new trial for what i don't know okay anyway so finally a fourth date was scheduled for march 31st of 1984 and Ronald's attorney fought till the end for him, trying to get hit, trying to get this canceled. And they said that death by lethal injection was cruel and unusual punishment, which isn't the same case as giving your kid a pixie stick full of cyanide for money. That's not. Yeah. That's not cruel and unusual punishment. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely well, is. That's odd. That's weird. But eventually, on March 31st of 84, he was to death, and he was 39 years old at the time. In his final moments, he maintained his innocence, and he said the death penalty was wrong, and his final words were, are you ready for this? Mm. I forgive all, and I do mean all. Those who have been involved in my death, God bless you, and may God's blessings always be yours. Hmm. How you gonna sit there and talk about God? I mean, I just don't. I don't know. I'm like, there's probably some Reddit deep dive about how he didn't do this, but I don't see how he did. So during the during his execution, a crowd of 300 people gathered and cheered. Could you imagine while he was being put down? That's like Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. And while this was happening, someone yelled "trick or treat." I said, "Ooh!" Ooh. When I seen that. I was wow. like, they're like, now, uh, trick or treat. This was the first time Texas had actually executed on an inmate by lethal injection. Oh, they were electric chair. Ronald was Mostly buried right. in the Forest Park East Cemetery in Webster, Texas. His wife ended up getting remarried and his daughter was legally adopted by her new husband. Hmm. So, that was good. I remember one day, one Halloween... Me and my brother and my sister went to this town. Mm-hmm. And we, knocked, we went and knocked on the door and we were like, trick or treat. They opened the door and we, like, and we said, smell my feet. Give me some sweet. <laughs> that was funny. Y'all are just living it up. You're like, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, this next house, we're going to do it. I mean, I love, <clears throat> that's 
a part of my childhood that I like looking back on is like Halloween time. Halloween was it was so fun. much fun back then, and like where I grew up, which was like eight miles from Chelsea. Down. Yeah, like not far from Chelsea, but just far enough away that we didn't go to any schools together until middle school. So elementary. I said schools like it was like three schools that we didn't go. It's like we just missed out on elementary school. That was it. But anyway, like there were so many kids because it was like me and my cousins were like the kids of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and there were a couple other kids. So we'd go to each other's like parents and family's houses and we would like clean up. Right. Like, yeah. I, ne- them. I never left my little town, but my street was like the jump off. Sometimes yeah. you get a burger. <laughs> I still think about them days. <laughs> but anyway, trick or treating was fun. I don't get trick or treaters here. I hate it. No. No bueno. So now when it comes to Halloween candy, most parents pick through it, make sure it's, you know, good, which when I was growing up, my mom and dad always done that. So it's not nothing out of the ordinary for me. I mean, there wasn't any like incidents that happened like where we grew up or anything, but it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's just like a, sometimes a parental instinct, like, Ooh, you know, we're getting, my kids are getting candy from people that we don't really know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my mom and dad, I mean, they've always done that. Mm -hmm. One time my bag busted. Uh I didn't have like a trick or treat plastic thing there was like a like hard plastic I had like a plastic bag that they'd given us at the school and I wanted to use it and it got so heavy that it busted so then (laughs) my uncle's now girlfriend had to give me a a pillowcase Uh to do the rest of my (laughs) trick-or-treating oh god the story of the candy man you know what's weird though Dean Kroll the other candy man he was in Houston, too. Was he? Uh-huh. Houston. Well, hopefully you enjoyed Casey Case. Yes, I did. Good. I knew well, this one, but there was stuff that I didn't... Special. know. There was stuff you told me I didn't know, stuff I didn't remember. Yes. That's a good one. Well, if you have any likes, comments, questions, you can email us at amillionmurders at gmail.com. Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you can... Follow us at A Million Murders on Instagram so you can see the people, places, things that are associated with the case each week. And you can also uh, go to our Facebook group, A Million Murders, um, and, you know, join our group on Facebook. We barely post. We say this every time. But, you know, we are on Apple Podcasts now. Whoop, whoop. So, all you... Apple users can just go to your little purple podcast app and type in a million murders. And we're like the first one that pops up. A million murders. Hey, a, a million, million murders. murders. Well, thank you for tuning in. And we hope you come back for a million more. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Woo.